Hey everyone, Mike here, about to tell everyone to go eat the rich. Now before you go on assuming that this podcast has just totally gone off the rails and has turned into my soapbox for spewing my views on oligarchy within an ever-growing, destructive, unjust, and immoral global system of capitalism, well, before you assume that, consider this. There is an interesting history to this phrase that dates all the way back to the French Revolution. It's still an etymology episode, I promise. But yes, I will admit I've been thinking a lot about this phrase and inequality in recent weeks. After seeing headlines about billionaires launching their rockets into space for what amounts to little more than cosmic joyrides, while just days before learning that the same private space company SpaceX was facing possible liquid oxygen shortages because of the ongoing pandemic. As hospitals struggled to have enough oxygen for their patients during a global crisis, SpaceX decided to still launch their rockets and have their fun up in space. One SpaceX launch of a Falcon 9 rocket can use up to 40,000 gallons of supercooled liquid oxygen, which is ignited to produce the thrust for their rockets. Hospitals use the same stuff to create pure oxygen to keep people alive. But today's episode is not about how to eat the rich. It's about the history and origin of this phrase. Let's travel back to the 18th century. 18th century France, or more specifically, to the days of the Reign of Terror, a period within the French Revolution after the rise of the First Republic and the fall of the French monarchy. During this period, many people were publicly executed. Many believe the height of this violence came in the years of 1793 and 1794. So who was being executed during this period? Well, anyone who was suspected of being enemies of the revolution. This included priests and nobles. Who else were targets? Well, those hoarding their wealth of money and food. Let's not forget, a fast-growing population in France right before this period was outpacing food supply and causing starvation of the have-nots throughout the countryside, particularly during the harsh winter of 1788. By 1789, France was facing a financial crisis. The nobility would not pay more taxes, and those without wealth, well, couldn't afford to pay more taxes. That year saw the storming of the Bastille Prison in Paris, one of the most famous events in European history. In case you were wondering, the story goes that the Third Estate, which was ultimately everyone who wasn't nobility or clergy, wanted to form a national assembly in an effort to band together and, well, not put up with King Louis XVI's shit anymore. An effort to have each other's backs in case shit went down, and of course, shit did go down once Louis found out what was going on. The storming of the Bastille came about because the people of France wanted to make sure that they were able to protect themselves from the king's forces. They were looking for weapons. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about this relatively quick dismantling of a monarchy that took place. It's still inspiring to this day and, of course, has inspired many for hundreds of years, even though we are now once again living through a period of the greatest wealth inequality in modern history. The damaging effects of inequality are in certain ways 
more insidious now, in the 21st century. It's not as black and white. However, the, the SpaceX example is one of the clearest examples of this imbalance between the privileges of the wealthy and the struggle of the poor that I've seen in quite a while. They are literally stealing the oxygen away from those who need it. But, as I'll discuss later, the amount of oxygen they are diverting away from hospitals would probably be only enough to save a handful of lives. Anyway, we're getting closer to eat the rich, I promise. It didn't take long for the revolutionary forces to take France. While many of the clergy and nobility joined the National Assembly, fearing powerlessness and beheading, others weren't so lucky. Those who were found to be hoarding food, for example, were brought to the guillotine, amongst many others, let's not forget. What came about was, of course, a long period of war and land domination and slaughter, much of which was itself unjustified and unjust, and, of course, a a commentary on what happens to human beings when they gain too much power. Within this same century existed a man named Jean-Jacques Rousseau. If my middle school self was still around, he'd be saying, Jean Jackets Rousseau, and would be expecting a good laugh from his middle school chums. I've matured since then, though. I think. So expect only one or two more jean jacket jokes in the remainder of this episode. Rousseau was a Swiss-born philosopher, writer, composer, and most certainly an influence on those who would eventually become the revolutionaries in France that would overthrow the monarchy. This phrase, eat the rich is often attributed to Rousseau. However, it's not entirely clear whether or not he actually said this himself. He probably didn't. After the break, I'll try to clear up a little bit of the muddiness surrounding this origin, and I'll share with you the entire quote that Eat the Rich comes from. So buckle up, everybody. Button up those jean jackets and hunker down. We're we're not done yet. We'll be right back. Before the break, we mentioned Jean-Jacques Rousseau, the Swiss philosopher who had an influence on those involved in the French Revolution, as well as an influence on the Enlightenment movement. He died in 1778, which, if you were paying attention during the first half of the show, if your jean jacket wasn't too tight, you will then know that this death predates the French Revolution. Now is the time to mention a man who did live through the Revolution, a man named Pierre Gaspard Chaumet, who was president of the Paris Commune during the years of the Reign of Terror. The Paris Commune within this period of history in France refers to the government in power from 1789 to 1795. It is believed that in 1793, Chaumet gave a speech linking this phrase, eat the rich, to the Swiss philosopher, Rousseau. This is, according to one historian who published a 10-volume history of the French Revolution decades later in the 1820s. Here it goes. According to this historian, Chaumet, most likely in an effort to energize the crowd during his speech and fuel the flames of the revolution, uttered the words, quote, When the people shall have no more to eat, they will eat the rich, attributing this phrase to the dead philosopher Rousseau. Many believe this was misattributed to Rousseau. There is no evidence that could link these words back to him. As he never wrote them down himself in any of his publications or 
anything ever found in his records. Therefore, these words can best be attributed to uh, Adolf Cher, the 19th century historian who included the information about Chalmette's speech in one of his volumes chronicling the French Revolution. These volumes were written in the 1820s. So there you have it. All these years later, we are still using these words as a rallying cry to address inequality and injustice. When the people have no more to eat, they will eat the rich. A lot of the food insecurity we see in many places is fueled more by political reasons than by anything else. No wonder this phrase is popping up everywhere right now. I'd like to think we've come a long way as a species since the bloody days of the French Revolution. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that our revolution will come from grassroots political movements and other nonviolent means of dismantling oppressive systems of power and control. What are your thoughts? Write into the podcast. Get the word podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a message on the website, EnglishSessionsWithMike.com. Leave a message and I'll play it on the podcast. I'd like to invite all of you into my fact cabinet, a repository for items I've been collecting over the years that always seem to pertain to the topics of these episodes. Here's one of those items right over here. It's an oxygen tank that I plan to donate to my local hospital. It's only a few liters, but I hope it helps. We've been seeing news about oxygen shortages throughout the entirety of this COVID pandemic, by the way, not just in recent months. We are, of course, talking about liquid oxygen, the application of which greatly benefits those in need who are having trouble breathing, as well as those using it for industrial purposes, including in the gas, submarine, and aerospace industries. Remember when I told you that one rocket for one SpaceX launch uses 40,000 gallons of liquid oxygen? Let's put that into perspective. I found some numbers for other applications. For example, this one source I found says that about 4,000 gallons, so just about 10% of the amount used by one of SpaceX's rockets, is issued by the U.S. Air Force at one particular airfield per month to help air crews breathe at high altitude. One month's supply of liquid oxygen used at a U.S. Air Force airfield is 10% the amount of one single SpaceX rocket launch. The World Health Organization has come out with a report during the COVID-19 pandemic stating that COVID-19 patients requiring hospitalization require an average of 20 liters of oxygen per minute. That's a bit over five U.S. gallons per minute. 5.3, roughly. The 400,000 gallons of liquid oxygen used for one SpaceX rocket is therefore roughly 7,557 minutes, or close to 126 hours worth, of oxygen if this oxygen were being used to help COVID-19 patients to breathe. However, conversions and anything related to math is not my area of expertise. Please write into the podcast if you have a better estimation of just how far 40,000 gallons of liquid oxygen would go if used at a hospital to help people to stay alive. Ah, here's a copy of my local newspaper from just three days ago. The main headline is about the historic SpaceX launch that took place this week. 
This week marked the historic event of the first orbital spaceflight with only private citizens aboard, a major step in space tourism, a goal far from attainable for the vast majority of the people even privileged enough to participate in tourism. The event has gained mostly positive attention from the media, partly because the billionaire on board, Jared Isaacman, has pledged to donate $100 million out of his own pocket to the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. It takes about $1 billion to operate St. Jude per year. Meanwhile, in recent weeks, the city of Orlando located just 50 miles west of the launch of the SpaceX rocket this week, has been encouraging all of its residents to limit water use because the liquid oxygen used for treating the water supply needs to be diverted to hospitals to treat COVID-19 patients. Nassau has delayed its September launch due to the surge of COVID-19 patients and their need for liquid oxygen. What about you? Have you been told to limit your water usage during this pandemic while your country's billionaires enjoy space tourism? Write in and tell me more. Get the word podcast at gmail.com. I'd like to give a shout out to my latest Patreon supporters, Anna and Chris. Thanks, guys. If you want to support the podcast and receive full transcripts of the audio, as well as Tons of bonus content for English learners. Go to patreon.com slash the English sessions and sign up for only one U.S. dollar per month. Also, don't forget, I offer ad-free episodes of Get the Word through Anchor, our podcast host, for less than one U.S. dollar per month. Show your love and support of all things nerdy. All these links and links to our social media can be found at linktree.com slash get the word. That's linktree.com slash get the word. Podcast artwork by Bruno Sanchez. You can find a link to his work in the show notes. Music performed by the Monroeville Music Center. Production, editing, and research performed by me, Mike Butler. Write into the podcast and give us your comment. That email again is gettheword.podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Mike signing off. Hey there. Do you like movies, cartoons, video games, anime, and everything in between? Then we have a show for you. The Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. Every week, Josh and Ben bring you all the latest and greatest in movie reviews, news, commentaries, interviews, special guests, and tons of bonus episodes. New episodes come out every Monday. We also make great nerdy content on our YouTube channel. You can find our show anywhere podcasts are found. The Four Nerds by Nerds podcast, your one stop for all your nerdy needs. Stay nerdy, my friends. Welcome to the English Sessions. I am your host and English teacher, Mike Butler. This podcast is for English learners who want to learn English from an experienced educator. I share my passion about language and many awesome topics throughout this podcast. We focus on grammar, pronunciation, structure, and try to have some fun, too. There is something for everyone on the English Sessions podcast. 
Are you a more advanced English learner or a native English speaker? Then you'll enjoy our series called Get the Word. This series is about etymology, the history and origin of words in English. For example, did you know that the word zombie was originally the name of a West African snake god? Join us if you want to improve your English skills. Join us if you are a grammar and etymology nerd like myself. For an archive of resources and much more, go to EnglishSessionsWithMike.com. The English Sessions with Mike Butler, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.